Welcome to the Win Daily Podcast. We're talking the Tuesday, June 18th slate. This is Jason Mizrahi, and I got Matt Stryker here. Uh, big shout-out to my wife. It's going to be her 35th birthday today, so I just want to give a shout-out to Priscilla. We had a great slate on Monday night. We stacked up the Angels both on FanDuel, DraftKings, and Monkey Knife Fight. Hit a bunch of props, and uh, now we're talking this Tuesday night slate. Matt, we're starting in Philadelphia and Washington. We had a weird game in Washington. It looked like it wasn't raining at all. They put the tarps on the field. There was like a two-hour delay. Nothing happened. No rain, no nothing. And then they just canceled the game. So I really feel bad for anybody who had them. Luckily, I had nobody on that side. Um, we were kind of set up, people complaining on Twitter. But, you know, what can you do? So we got Eflin versus, you know, Fetty. Uh, two pitchers that I want no part of. I don't know at this point what they're doing about the, the starters from, from Monday night, if they're planning to push them back to Tuesday. So we're playing a little bit blind since we're doing this podcast uh, late Monday, early Tuesday. Matt, do you know what's going on at this point with this game? You know, are they gonna are they gonna pitch these two guys? Do you know what you're looking at? Is, is it definitely Eflin versus Fetty at this point? So I, I've heard uh, four different reports. So because of that, and because things are so up in the air. I'm just going to stay away. If it is Eflin and Feedy, both of these guys have been okay. But just overall, I think there's just too much riding on this series. So unless you're going to do something like an over in the runs or you're going to do something else like that, I don't see a pitcher play here. And until we know for sure who's starting, I can't commit to a bat stack. So while everything's up in the air, this is a no play for me. Yeah, I would just say one thing. If it's these two guys, you want to – Attack them both from the left side. Philly hasn't been doing much of anything. If I'm going to play one side of this, I'm going to attack Eflin with guys like Adams, maybe Soto, maybe Turner. I would lean Washington, you know, in, in this case. But like you said, we really don't know. So I don't want to waste too much time. Wait till you see who the confirmed starters are. Wait till you see what's really going on. And we're going to play by year, you know, at this point. Not really talk too much. It's a large slate. Check out Windale DFS for the articles that get published, lineups get published. But, like, if it's these two guys, we're going to probably attack from a hitting standpoint. But let's get into Pittsburgh. we got Daniel Norris, Mitch Keller, yeah. Matt. I don't really like both of these offenses. I don't like either of these pitchers. I don't want to talk too much about it, but do you have anything to say on, on this side of the thing? They're both cheap, I'll tell you that much, but it doesn't mean I want either of them. And it doesn't mean I really want to stack either of these teams because these are not offenses that I really want to – attack with am i missing something here uh in life i think we're all missing a lot of things as far as baseball goes now look it's the return of mitch keller but but for me and i'm sure for a lot of our listeners and a lot of our subscribers i'm not comfortable until keller can prove himself uh maybe if you're filling out a bottom portion of a lineup and you need some cheap bats maybe detroit is a play but you want to hope they chase keller other than that there's no play here, and I'm staying away. So, no, you're not missing much here, buddy. So, with Mitch Keller, is this guy a top prospect? What do you know about him? He had this one start where he struck out seven in four innings, and then he got lit up in Atlanta. But Atlanta's one of the, the hottest swinging, yeah. you know, swinging team right now. And Detroit is a guy, the team that I want to attack. And Keller's only 5,500 on FanDuel. He's probably cheap on DraftKings as well. What do you know about Keller? Tell the, tell the listeners. Yeah. 
So yes, Keller is a highly touted prospect, and he was there was much anticipation. Also, when you look at the organization, uh, the the Pittsburgh Pirates pitching coach is Ray Searage. He has done wonders with so many people. But look at that staff. Chris Archer is unrecognizable. Joe Musgrove is up and down, and I think Keller is his ERA. I mean, granted, he's zero and one. I think his ERA is like fifteen and a half or something like that. Opponents are hitting over four seventy against him. Keller is a top prospect, but as far as June 18th goes, that Keller has not shown himself yet. Until he shows command of his pitches, until he shows the ability to move up and down in the zone, change speeds, things that make me as a better comfortable, there are other places I want to go. Keller will be a guy we talk about, just not for June 18th. Based on what you just said, him being a top prospect. I see some K upside. Bad lineup in Detroit. $5,500 price tag in FanDuel. If we don't see anybody at the top that I'm in love with, you know, I might roll the dice on him um, just from a value standpoint. I won't put him in my cash games. But, you know, depending on the rest of the slate breaks out, I don't mind the play for a GPP standpoint. If I find two lineups I really want to stack and they're expensive, Um might come into play, so we got to kind of think about that, you know. Going uh, but let, let me also, and you and I talk about this offline. So I hear a lot of guys talking about it in the Slack chats and stuff. Look, if you're up, if you're ahead for the month or for the week or for whatever, then yeah, throw a little money. But if you're like me now, I'm up and I'm thankful to be up, but I want to stay up. I'm not just going to throw money just because. So you made some good points. Keller could be a play in certain types of formats, but it's all contingent upon if you as a better personally are up or down. Do you have your wife's birthday this week? Do you have to take her to dinner? What, what else is going on in your life determines if you're going to throw money at this game. I like the way you put that. So um, <laughs> like, like Matt says, uh, I'm willing to roll the dice. We're all gambling here. You know, we're, we're making investments. I don't put them in my, you know, monster lineup. That's $300 or $500, but you know, in a, a $5, $10 game, I think he makes sure. some sense, you know, if you want to, you know, try to – it all depends on the rest of these pitches as we get into the slate. Um, it might not be a, a time to do so because we have some aces coming up. But uh, let's go into Tampa Bay. Um, we had, a, a, you know, a, probably the best start I've seen, you know, for a while out of a Yankee pitcher who just pitched, you know, basically a complete game. What do you finish with today? 11 Ks? You talk about Hop? No, 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 no. Uh, for the Yankees, I, I just the name slipped my mind on Monday night. He pitched a complete game, 11 Ks. I just can't think of the guy's name. Um, what's his name? Well, Whitey get, Ford. Nah, uh, nah, not Whitey Ford. Um, Tanaka, Tanaka pitched 10 Ks, two hitter, blank the race, 3-0 shutout. You know, blew through them. Only walked one guy, two hitter. You know, he he. He made this Tampa Bay lineup look like fools. Um, I don't know if Hap can kind of back that up. I think people might attack Hap after they saw, you know, what Tanaka did. But they're two opposite pitchers. Hap is coming in cheap at 7900 I'm not a big fan of Hap. I'm not a big fan of starting pitchers um, versus Tampa, especially in New York. That's what kind of scared me off Tanaka um, on Monday. I'm going to stay away from Hap. I think there's better value plays. And I think there's people a little bit more expensive that have you know, a weaker line to go after. We don't really know. We're playing the Tampa Bay bullpen game. Chirino's pitched on Monday night. 
So we're probably going to see some combination of pitches you can't pitch. Um, The Yankees are definitely in play. They're pretty much in play every day. Um, Every time you look, their lineup gets stronger and stronger and stronger. (laughs) They just picked up Edwin. I don't want to really attack this lineup at all. And I think, you know, for the rest of the year, they're going to be pretty much in play every single night of the week. Their lineup is way too deep, way too strong. They're going to be a playoff team. It just comes down, can they handle Boston, and can they handle Houston, and can they get a frontline starter? Um, but I'm staying away from Hap, and I have no problem playing uh, a Yankees stack depending on who they roll as as far as pitching goes. Any feeling on, on Hap? Can you play him at 7,900, or are you staying away with me? Well, there's there's a lot of talk here, and, and you, I was in a fog when what you were talking about Tanaka did today. That plays into tomorrow. Are Tampa bats going to be stymied? two nights in a row. That's the question. This is a volatile series for me, as is Philadelphia and Washington, and there's a few others on the slate too, just because they have playoff implications, even though it's June. Uh, I expect there to be runs scored here. The thing with Hop is his control worries me. I I think he had a career high in walks his last time out. Uh, The control worries me a touch. Um, You can go ahead and jump in on the Encarnacion mania. You could stack Yankee bats and feel good about it. But for me, just the, the gambler that I am, this is going to be a no play for me, considering the fact that there are a lot of questions. Who's starting for Tampa? How are those bats going to come out? Is Hap going to walk in, guys? Things of this nature. But if you want to grab Encarnacion and maybe a mini stack with whomever's hitting in front of him or behind him, go right ahead. I'll never advise anyone against that unless Encarnacion is facing a pitcher that he does you know, horribly against. Yeah, I agree. Um, nice. Now we have a game that that blew up on Monday night. I've told every single person. He was my cover article, my social media graphic, plugging them in Slack, the whole entire team. These angels just lit up Toronto. Um, there wasn't an angel you really didn't want to have. Upton, Trout, Calhoun, um, Otani all hit home runs. It was a stack to have. They were one of the higher-owned stacks, but... You still had to have them regardless. They just blew up Edwin Jackson and every, basically every pitcher Toronto threw at him. But we're getting Strowman. Strowman has been yeah. good. Um, I hope the Van Wagoners jump back on this play. I'm going to stay away from this game from both sides. Skaggs is a wild card. He's coming in at 7,600. He's rather cheap. He had some good games, but you know Toronto is a, is a hitter's park. I think there's pitchers that I like slightly better um, in that price range. I won't hate you on it for pitching Skaggs. I like Skaggs over Hap, but I'm going to stay away from this game from a pitching and hitting standpoint. I think they'll garner some ownership after what they did on Monday night uh, from from the Toronto side and the Angel side. So I'm staying away 100%, um, but I won't be upset if somebody you know played Skaggs. How do you feel about this game? Well, listen, uh, Marcus Stroman is no Edwin Jackson. Let's just first let's call that out there. Uh, Skaggs has a pretty generous 5.0 ERA. He's a guy that I do like to pick on. And granted, while to, uh, California bats, Los Angeles, whatever they're called, Anaheim bats woke up today, tomorrow's a different day. Uh, June 18th, I'm going with Toronto bats here because of Skaggs' generous uh, 5.0 ERA. And it goes back to what I said about Encarnacion. Find yourself Vladimir Guerrero. I I saw a stat today that I think four or five balls that he's hit 
in the last, I want to say, 14 days have had an exit velo of like over 120 miles an hour, like something ridiculous. So grab yourself LOD and, and put a little mini stack in there as well. If you have a little nice little Encarnacion Yankee stack and a Vlad Toronto stack, that's a stack you could feel good about. So I see Toronto bats as a play here. Yeah, Vlad is, listen, they don't want to change his price. He's 2900 uh, nope. Grichik hit a home run as well. He's 2800 Gary L had a day off. He pitch hit. Um, he's 3100 You can get these guys cheap. Biggio, who I wish I had on Monday night, would have yeah. made a made a, a big uh, difference in my lineup at 2900 Hit two home runs. He's a lefty facing a lefty, so I probably won't go after him. I missed him on, on Monday night. I'm probably not going to chase him on Tuesday, but... I do like Toronto just from an ownership standpoint over the Angels. I agree with you on that one. Um, here's the big decision maker we have. We got Verlander in Cincinnati. Miley started off the game good on Monday night. He K'd probably, I'd say, five or six of his first ten batters he faced. Then he got into a little bit of trouble. I like attacking the Cincinnati uh, lineup, especially from the right-hand side because you avoid guys like Puig, and Suarez and Senso. Um, Verlander has the most upside on the slate. He's very expensive at 12000 There's guys underneath him that you can get a discount with, with tougher matchups. We also have Kershaw we have to talk about a little bit later on. Yep. But Verlander's a clear-cut ace on this, on, this, on this slate. The guy's been doing it now for the past 10 years. He's a, as consistent as all hell. Cincinnati is not a, a lineup that... You know, it's scary. He's coming off a start versus Milwaukee with 15 Ks, dropping 61 points. He even gave up three earned runs and, and grabbed 61, which is pretty impressive without the win. So his upside, you know, nobody really can touch it this year too, you know, too close to it. So he's always going to come in a game with a bunch of out, upside. I'm avoiding Cincinnati bats. Uh, Verlander's in play. I just don't know if I can afford him at 12,000. It's going to come down to lineup construction if I can av- – Right. Final lineup that I feel comfortable with. Maybe some of these cheap Toronto bats to pair with Verlander and make some sense. But 12000 is a lot to spend on one guy. What are you predicting out of Verlander tomorrow or Tuesday night? Is he getting you 10Ks? Is he lasting seven, eight innings? He, he's on fire right now. And you, you alluded to the stat I wanted to bring up. He struck out 15 guys his last start. And that's against Milwaukee. You know, I mean, that, that's a team that it's feast or famine, really. But those are good hitters there. Here's what jumps out at me about this game is that it's 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 interleague. Look, when I was growing up, the Astros were in the National League. It's interleague now. So that tells you that Reds hitters have not seen Verlander. On the flip side, Astros hitters have not seen Discafani, But I just think Astros hitters are better than Reds hitters. So it is an Astro bat stack in Great American Fly Ballpark. And it's Justin Verlander. And here's a bit of irony. If you find yourself with Verlander as the pitcher in, let's say, your FanDuel lineup, and then you go and you spend just a little bit and make a little mini Detroit stack, let's not forget, Verlander was a Tiger at one point in his career. Not that that's going to win or lose you any money. It's just a fun fact. Uh, Verlander, Astro Bats, that's the play here for me. Yeah, I think if you go Verlander, you're going to have to get these cheap guys. Yes. Um, You're not going to be able to pay up with him. Mariznik, maybe. Um, they've been having some value in different spots. Um, so a guy like Tony Kemp. See what mm-hmm. this lineup rolls out to be. A couple of guys are coming back from injury here. So we're not going to really see what the lineup looks like till you know, probably midday. Tyler White, 2,300. 
I think you want to try to attack um, D. Scalfani, like you said. Great hitters ballpark. So I think, you know, a, a Verlander, Houston sack is definitely in play. We got DeGrom now going into Atlanta. I don't want to attack any pitcher against Atlanta right now. They are just blowing up pitchers left and right. They got to Wheeler, but more than Wheeler, they got to the bullpen. I'm going to stay away from Atlanta for, for the night. I think DeGrom hangs in there, and this, this bullpen needs a rest here. So I think DeGrom, you know, fares better than Wheeler, but I'm not going to attack this Atlanta lineup. And Tehran, interesting at 8,200. You know, the Mets... Not so impressive as of late, but I say it, it's tough for him to get the win in this case with DeGrom, you know, as his opponent. So I'm going to stay away. There's a couple guys I'm going to mention soon that I think are in better spots in the same price range. This is just a stay away spot for me in general. I like to attack bats in, in Atlanta, but I can't really go with these pitchers. Can you can you sell me on DeGrom or do you want to stay away these, from these, these Braves bats like I do? Yeah, listen, uh, I'm from Queens, New York, and a lot of my friends listen to the show, and I'm sorry. The New York Mets are in shambles right now. Uh, Scotty, Engel, Scotty Engel's been talking about it on Twitter, that there's going to there's be a shakeup at Shea City Field coming very quickly. Uh, yeah, DeGrom is good. The Mets just don't give him any run support. Tehran has been stingy. But like you, look, I'm just staying away from this game. If, I, if you put a gun to my head, my head, my head, then, yeah, maybe Atlanta bats, but wait for the wheels to fall off on the Mets before you start picking on them because Jacob DeGrom is still a Cy Young Award winner. But I'm staying away from this game. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let's go into this next game. It's Cleveland and Texas. Um, two pitchers that, you know, don't scare you. Um, Texas is, is typically going to be hot. We're not there yet. We're not really into that summer heat when we're pushing 90, 95 degrees. We're... Texas will play like Colorado. Um, Plesak has been good, and Cleveland bats are starting to wake up. They're they're starting to get there. Lindor is coming, swinging a little bit of a hotter bat. This might be the time to to get on them early um, before they really start swinging and everybody's jumping aboard, you know, the Cleveland train. But Samson, it's a pitcher that nobody's really heard of, and if you look at his game logs, he battles. He strikes out people. Um, five Ks in his last start, seven the game before, 11 the game before that, six and five versus Seattle. So as much as I want to attack a guy like Samson, he's not been really blown up yet at all this year, except for a couple starts here and there at Boston, which is, you know, there's a reason for that. At Houston, reason for that. He's been good at home. I want to play some of these Cleveland bats, and I don't mind playing a guy like Lindor. I don't mind Jose Ramirez. I don't mind a guy like Bowers here, but I think there's going to be better spots. Can you attack Samson here in Texas, or are you staying away? No, not at all, actually. Um, So two things. One, I like Plesak. I do. I like young pitchers. He's a righty. He's got an ERA under three. He threw over 100 pitches his last time out, and I think he gave up like four over five and a third, something to that effect. So that takes me off of Plesak. On the flip side, what intrigues me here is that Indians batters have not never seen Samson before. That could result in some interest for me. I like Samson. Like you said, he's that sneaky guy that no one's ever heard of. But this guy you've never heard of is 5-0 and with a 3.19 ERA in his last six games. 
He's like four and one with an ERA under three in five starts. And I think he has like three relief appearances. Uh, again, if you're stuck, maybe you play Samson. But other than that, I stay away from this game, but I keep an eye on Samson. I see how he pitches against the Indians. And the next time he comes up his turn in the rotation, depending on who they're playing, depending what he's priced at, Samson's going to be a guy that I think you should keep an eye on moving forward. Not necessarily for June 18th, but moving forward. Yeah, I agree. Like I, I wouldn't know which way. I think it's a coin flip. I think <laughs> Cleveland can possibly get to him, and I think he can possibly have a great start or a good start. So it's more of a stay-away spot. I would lean maybe some of these cheap Cleveland bats like Bowers or Lindor or Ramirez or Kipnis is really cheap. So there can be a cheap exposure to a you know a young pitcher in Texas. But I think for the most part, it's a stay-away spot. Here's an interesting guy now. We got Hamels, who kind of have a resurgent year, coming off two starts where he struck out nine people in Colorado, which is you know really impressive in my eyes. 10Ks versus St. Louis, coming off two monster starts. I don't really like to attack these White Sox bats with a lefty because, you know, you got a couple guys here. But this might be a spot, depending on weather, that I would like to attack Hamels. I think at 8,600, he's fairly priced. I think he's in line for the win, you know, versus, you know, Nova, who's pretty much going to be out of the game, hopefully in five innings. So I think Hamels in a good spot for a win. Coming on two strong starts. You know, he's in a back in a National League ballpark facing these White Sox. So the pitcher has to hit here. So I, this is a spot I like Hamels for the win, for the quality start. And I think these Cubs, these, these Cubs not only win the game, but Hamels strikes out six or seven guys. So I think he can be, you know, maybe not Verlander, but maybe within five, ten points of Verlander and coming in $3,500 cheaper than Verlander. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, does he worry you at all, you know, facing off against guys like Abreu, or are you attacking Verlander and, the, and his White Sox? I mean, uh, so J- Hamels and his White Sox. So, Jay Bird, this is why I love you, because you bring up the things that a lot of people don't mention. It might seem minute, but because the American League is coming to visit the National League, the pitcher bats here. And, and while that might seem, you know, throwaway to other people, to me that, that sounds alarms. Cubs bats are a play here against Nova, especially with the fact that the guy has a plus six ERA. Uh, to your point, Hamill's a six and two with an under three ERA. He is definitely a play here. And with the money that you may save going Hamill's over Verlander, you can use that to grab yourself a nice piece. There's a difference, and a lot of our listeners know this. There's a difference between a $2,900 player and a $3,100 player. And sometimes that's all it takes to be in the money. And the final thing about what we do here that I don't see anywhere else is the weather. We give you the weather. Check the weather because if that wind is blowing out tomorrow at Wrigley, then by all means, go further with your Cub Bat stacks. But yeah, man, Cub Bats and Hamels as a cheaper version of Verlander. I agree 100%. Agree. And the weather, Chicago is one of the places you always, got, you always have to check it. No matter what, you never know what day it's going to be. Um, so if it's tomorrow and it's blowing in, you bump up Hamels a lot. And if it's blowing out, you bump up the Chicago Cubs bats and you probably just take Hamels off the board. I'm not saying five mile an hour, but there's times where it goes up to 15, 20 miles an hour and it makes a big difference in Chicago. But as of right now, the weather is clear. 
Hamels is my number one starter when you take into account price. Uh, another interesting start here, we got Price versus Pineda. I, I, alert, I lost a little side bet uh, with our, our weatherman, Mark Riquette. He was talking up uh, Porcello. I was saying the Twins are going to get to him. And Porcello went out there and threw a gem. Uh, shutout ball, eight Ks I think he finished with. So, you know, I, I owe Mark some props on that one. Um, cause I didn't think, I think the twins are, I thought the twins were going to get to him. Now we got price, you know, from the left-hand side going against the same Minnesota bats, not a team I want to attack. I know it worked with Porcello. If prices price was cheaper, you know, at nine K I'd rather have Hamels in a, in a softer spot. Pineda is, is super cheap, but you know, very in, inconsistent coming off a couple of better starts, but. At 6,600, like, it's tempting. It really is. At 6,600, if, like, I really need somebody, I guess he can make sense. You know, Boston hasn't been doing much, but Pineda hasn't been lasting more than six innings in most of his starts. His high-scoring game, you know, in his last six or seven is 40, but that's for Seattle. Boston's a lot better than Seattle. So, for me, this is a stay-away spot all around. I don't want any bats, and I don't want any of the pitching based on the price of price. Um, unless you have some points. Otherwise, this is a stay away spot for me. Yeah, uh, Price imploded his last time out. Uh, I don't expect the same thing today, June 18th. Uh, I think he's given up maybe like three earned runs in 24 and a third innings before he had that, that terrible, terrible start last time. If that were the case and they could chase Price away, that Boston bullpen you and I could pitch in that bullpen. They're just been atrocious. But yeah, it's just Pineda, Price, the bats, it scares me. I have no play here. Even though you might want to jump on some twin bats, what if you get David Price that goes seven or eight strong and sits down 10 or 11 guys? You're going to hate yourself. So stay away. No play. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So here's another interesting guy. I played a lot of Mikulis on Monday and it paid off. He was really cheap. He was probably one of the better values to play. Not on Tanaka's level, you know, but he got the win. He got the quality start. Six innings, no earned runs. Completely hit value. And Flaherty is a, a notch above. Uh, Miami, I know they had a good run, but not something that really scared me. And I pitched Michaelis with full confidence, even though he came off a bad start. Flaherty is at least, you know, two or three notches above. Um, Mikulis, he's coming in $600 cheaper than Hamels, has a softer matchup. I really like Flaherty as well. I don't think Miami, I think it was, you know, they got on a little hot streak, and I think that's probably going to be the last hot streak of the year for them. <laughs> They're still a really, you know, subpar baseball team. So I like Flaherty a lot here. I don't like um, any of the bats here. I haven't seen this dude Yamamoto pitch. I know he's coming off a good start, though, when we didn't really know who the hell he was. Seven innings, five Ks versus these same Cardinals. So I'm staying away from all batters. And I think Flaherty and Hamels, if I had to choose right now, it's those are my two starters. I'll probably split up the exposure, maybe, you know, 40% one, 40% the other, and then maybe 20% mixed between Verlander and Kershaw. Um, but Flaherty's in a smash spot here. There's not much else to say. Miami sucks. <laughs> We should end the show on that. Uh, here's the thing. It's the age-old question that every single DFSer is going to nod their head yes once I say it. It's do you go 
high priced on Verlander and then try to build a lineup? Or do you find someone like Flaherty as well as some really good bats? That's what I do. I would take Flaherty over Verlander and build a potent lineup. That's just the way I like to gamble my money. Some people like to go, you know, very chalk. We're going to talk about Kershaw at the Giants in a little while. But about this game, yeah, Yamamoto stymied the Cardinals the last time out. But let's not forget, this is still a double-A pitcher. He's 23 years old. I watch a lot of Cardinal baseball. That's my team. Rarely do they get fooled twice by the same pitcher. They have a great coaching staff. They sit down. They watch tape. They watch video. They analyze. Cardinal bats are going to know what Yamamoto's bringing. On the flip side, I like Flaherty, but he tends to give runs back. The Cardinals go ahead early against a team, and Flaherty tends to give runs back. But that's against you know teams like the Mets or, or better teams than Miami. For me, I'm going Flaherty, and I'm going Cardinal bats here. That's the play for me just because of the value I can get when I couple all these things. Makes sense. I'm more, you know, I'm going to be more on Flaherty than the Cardinals. Cardinals really haven't been doing, you know, much of late. Uh, I'm going to stay away. It's a pitcher's park. But, you know, you got to take bold shots here. I don't think they're going to come in that highly owned. I don't think any team are really in like a super smash spot uh, like Monday night where it was like a couple games. I think on Tuesday, I really got to, I got to find the spot uh, to really attack here. But we got... Colorado coming off one of the best series ever. <laughs> Blackman was on fire. They made me a bunch of money. I won a jackpot on Monkey Night Fight. I got a split of $3,000, you know, catching three guys from the same game that hit home runs. Our users were all over um, these Rockies and the Padres on Monkey Night Fight. We hit every single prop possible, you know, on this game. We were just smashing them um, all weekend long. But now we're going in Arizona. We have a humidor, um, different ballpark, different game. Two pitchers that I want no part of. Two lineups that I don't really, I don't really got a strong feeling here. You know, I really don't know if I really want to attack Colorado coming off a hot series. Obviously, Blackman is definitely going to be in play. Dahl's price dropped to thirty five hundred as soon as he came out of course, so he's rather cheap. Um, story again, he's story. He, he's a great player at a shortstop position. That's usually rather weak. That doesn't have too much power. So he's always in play. Arenado, you know, the guy's great at baseball. He's in play, but you know, they come in a little bit more expensive than I would like. I think Blackman's a great one off, probably going to stay off story and Arenado probably go cheaper and maybe get a guy like Vlad that we spoke about. That's $1,300 cheaper. Arizona bats don't really do much for me. I could be off here, but I, I, I think Colorado is more of a, you know, a one-off with a guy like Blackman, but they're definitely in play. You know, not a guy that I'm going to avoid in Kelly. What do you see here? Do you, do you play these Colorado bats coming off a great series? Do you like a guy like Kelly to kind of hold them down to two or three runs? The guy's been pitching great. He pitched in Colorado and only gave up four earned runs versus you know, these Rockies about two weeks ago. So I think it's kind of uh, an avoid spot outside of Blackman, but you sell me. Well, it's funny. My FanDuel app was open this morning, and my girl looked at it, and she went, whoa. I went, what? And she showed it to me. 
So I played that Colorado-San Diego series and did quite well. Uh, that's something that I take into consideration. While Colorado is going into Arizona, those are professional hitters, and those bats are locked in now. Same thing with the Padres. Until I see these guys cool off, I'm staying away. As far as Merrill Kelly, I do like him. But like I said, after what the Rockies and Padres did in the last series, I'm a bit scared. Um, here's a tip, though. If you want to, now, I don't like doing this, but sometimes I find myself playing one player from a team. Kettle Marte is hot. If you want to play him right now, he might be a guy, if you need to fill in a lineup and he's reasonably priced, throw him in. Other than that, I stay away from this game. I watch this game, and maybe on Wednesday, I have a, a better play for this series. But right now, I'm staying away because things are volatile. Yeah, I think I think for a one-off, I think that's the best spot with, you know, Blackman. Maybe a guy like Marte has also been hot. But let's see if we can get a better spot because there hasn't been too many smash spots because I think, like, all the pitchers have been, you know, somewhat decent or average or above average with a couple aces going. But here's a spot where, you know, we can attack these pitchers, but we're in a, a, a pitcher's ballpark. We got Baltimore going into Oakland. You know, you kind of want to attack the, these Baltimore bats. They've been cold as ice right now, um, coming off a couple series where they haven't done much. They're disappointed. You know, you got Brett Anderson versus your favorite player, Yanoa. Um, Oakland's a team you want to stack here. I think they're in the best position, you know, versus one of the worst, you know, pitchers on the slate. But they've been kind of cold, too. You know, we can grab a guy like Olsen, who's at 3,500. That makes a lot of sense. Chris Davis, you know, coming off a game where he homered, I believe, on Sunday. He's 3,700, rather cheap. Is Oakland the play here versus Yenoa and this Baltimore lineup? I mean, Baltimore bullpen, you know, in a pitcher's park. Is this one of the best spots on the slate? How do you feel about these Oakland bats? It's not the play, but if you're like me, you put in multiple lineups. I do like A's bats at home here. I think Baltimore is always a good, I call them a pick-on team. I want to pick on this team, especially with, you know, has got an ERA that's plus five, and the Orioles do have a shaky bullpen. And it goes back to this, this thread that's been throughout the show. It all depends on who your starting pitcher is. If you play Verlander, you might be able to sneak in some cheap A's bats. Uh, Ramon Laureano might be a guy you might want to look at. Things like that. If you're going to play a Jack Flaherty or a more economical pitcher, then spend a little bit and go somewhere else. But it all depends on what type of lineup you're putting in. But if you're looking for some value, you might find it here with A's bats. Yeah, I think you know these A's are going to come in you know, pretty interesting. Um, now we have a, a pitcher that's been, you know, for the most part, lights out. Brandon Woodruff is going into San Diego. Like you said, San Diego's been swinging hot bats coming out of Colorado. But this dude, Woodruff, just keeps winning games and winning games and winning games. Um, not a spot that I, I really want to attack here at 9300 So I always compare prices and pitchers to other pitchers and other prices. And I can't see my, myself spending more. You know, for Woodruff over Flaherty or Hamels, and that's the position I'm in here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards the cheaper guys, but I don't mind Woodruff here. I think you know Milwaukee's gonna win the game. San Diego, I don't see a confirmed starter as of yet, so Milwaukee's gonna come in a decent favorite here. So I don't mind a Woodruff play, but I'm gonna stay away just because of pricing. Do you see a San Diego starter yet? 
No, I don't see a San Diego starter yet, and it's been an influx. Uh, I, I know Quantrill went the other day. I think Stram, uh, Paddock's spot is due in the rotation, but I have TBD there. Uh, I do like Milwaukee bats just overall as a general statement. But, again, keeping in mind what happened with San Diego and Colorado, I just I want to see – I don't know if San Diego is going to knock around Woodruff, but if you need to, you could play Brewer bats. But otherwise, for me, again, it's just no play. Anytime I'm talking about a game with a friend, I'm talking about a game with you, and I hear the inflection in either one of our voices go, ah, well, you know, that to me is an immediate sign to put my money somewhere else. Agreed. Um, Pitchers Park, uh, I'm going to pretty much stay away uh, from Milwaukee, but I don't, I don't hate the play. We got to see who rolls out here. Now we got, you know, one of the best pitchers of, of you know, my lifetime, a guy that's been <laughs> – Super consistent, Clayton Kershaw. But if you look at his box scores, he's probably going to be one of your most consistent pitchers of the year. But he's consistently in this 30 to 45-point range. And that's not a guy you really want to pay up for at, at 10-7. But again, he's facing a weak lineup. A lineup, though, that he just dropped 31 against in, in a better park in San Fran. So I'm not pitching Kershaw. I don't mind the play. I wish his price was cheaper. It'd be a little more appetizing to me. On the backside of things, the Dodgers are in play almost every single night. Muncie went deep. Uh, the game is still going on. I expect Bellinger to go deep before the game's over. Maybe <laughs> Peterson to go deep. The, these bats are going to be in play 100% again. Any lefty in these Dodgers lineups, Peterson, Muncie, Bellinger, full stack, in play. I'm not worried about Sean Anderson. I think you can attack these Dodgers bats. I don't mind Kershaw, but, you know, on a 10-7 price tag on FanDuel, I'd rather go down or go up at that price point. How do you feel about Kershaw? Can he break out and, and drop, you know, an eight-inning game with nine Ks, or is that, you know, is that in his past at this point? So this is in my article. It's die on this hill until it proves no longer worth dying upon. Chalk, chalk, chalk. It's Dodger bats. It's Clayton Kershaw. That's the play for me here. On top of everything else, for me being in New York, this is a 10, 10 p.m. game, which means I can assess how I've done in the early games. I can see if I'm up or I'm down, and if I need to make a play, then I'm going to play this. The first game goes off at 7.05 uh, tomorrow. This is the last first pitch thrown, 10, 10. So depending on how you structure and everything – you could be well ahead, or this could be the game that puts you over the top. I'll go with this until I can't go with this anymore. Dodger bats, Clayton Kershaw against the Giants. What's not to love? Yeah, I, I, I like the Dodger bats way more than Kershaw at that price tag. Okay. But, you know, I won't hate, you know, I, I can see Kershaw getting you, you know, say 35, 40 points again, because that's what he's got the last five, six times out. The last game of the slate, Two pitchers you want to attack, but two lineups that are decimated. <laughs> they haven't really done much. Um, Bailey versus Kikuchi, they're both cheap. Um, I want to attack both these lineups with pitchers, but these aren't the guys I want to attack with. So, for me, I'm staying away from this game. This is not the late-night hammer that you kind of want. Bailey's been okay. Kikuchi's pretty much been terrible. These lineups have been terrible. I'm staying away. You can hear the inflection in my voice like we just talked about. It's a stay-away spot for me. Nothing that really that appetizes me here. So there are four games that start after 10 p.m. Eastern, and this is one of them. Uh, 
listen, now that Seattle has dealt Encarnacion, a lot of people may think that there are no bats in Seattle. But I think they could find a way to play some runs against Homer Bailey. He's got an ERA of like 5.3-something. Again, it goes back to who is your starter. If you have an expensive starter, you might find some value here with some Seattle bats. Uh, I'm not touching you say Kikuchi, I say Kikuchi, Kuchi, Koo. I'm not touching Kansas City bats. Uh, Like I said, in, in an economical lineup, I might be able to find something in Seattle. Otherwise... You can have this game. I don't even care if this game isn't on TV. <laughs> yeah, Seattle, for whatever reason, is kind of expensive. Like Malik Smith, I looked at his price, 3300 on FanDuel. A guy that I can potentially go after, but kind of expensive. The other bat, Vogelbach, 3900 at first base. They're not so cheap, you know, for the only – even, look, Kyle Seeger coming off injury, he's already at 3400 So they're not – they're not like a, a price play and not in a great hitter's ballpark. So I'm staying away. That's pretty much the slate. It's a tough slate. I, like I said, this is not a slate where I really am in love with a lineup to attack. I think if I had to lock a lineup right now, it's Hamels, Flaherty, or if I can find a way to pay up for Verlander, those are my three pitchers. You know, from a, a hitter's standpoint, Dodgers always in play. Colorado bats make some sense, but, you know, Kelly's been, you know, pretty good here. What what bats, you know, just a, re, a reminder out there, is it the Yankees? Who do you have as your top stack, you know, going in? Is it well, Toronto? Is it yeah, – it it's got to be it Houston. Uh, yeah, it all, it all depends on, on, on who your pitcher is. Straight up – Jay, you and I talk about this all the time. There are so many people that hit us up on social media that, that are winning money off of Win Daily DFS and so many people in the, in, the, in the Slack talk rooms that tell us it all matters on who your pitcher is. So if you're going to go with Verlander or Kershaw, then you're going to have to try to find value with uh, Blue Jay bats or maybe you're going to try to find value uh, depending on how Cardinal bats are priced. Maybe some A-bats are a value for you. But if you're going with some pitchers like a Flaherty or a Hamels, then you have a lot more room to really work. And I think Dodger bats are an obvious play. Astro bats are an obvious play. It really all depends on cubby bats could be a play. But again, who's at the top of your, at least in a FanDuel world, who's your number one pitcher? As far as uh, DraftKings go, that's a totally different animal altogether. Yeah. I think, you know, it looks like Yarbrough is going to pitch for these Rays potentially. If it's Yarbrough, I think the Yankees, you know, these Yankees righties, they're just loaded, man. They're really loaded throughout. Um, Some guys might be coming back soon too. So you got to look out for this Yankees lineup. I think the Yankees are going to be, you know, one of the top plays here. I like your Blue Jays call. And I think the Astros kind of break out. Um, after, uh, you know, a rough night facing Castillo. I think the Astros, Yankees are your, probably your top two stacks. Maybe these Cubbies, depending on the weather, you know, they're going to be in play too. You got to see what the lineups play out, see what the weather's like. It's going to be raining a lot in the East Coast this week. So check the weather, see what places are hot, see who's, you know, got a couple guys resting. It's, it's, it's not a clear-cut slate. It's not Coors Field. So we got to see how these lineups play out throughout the day. See what news we got. See what weather we got going on. So that's it for the show. Check out WinDailyDFS.com. 
you know, for more info, as soon as the, you know, the slate breaks out, we have umpire reports now. We have sports betting, you know, tips. Look at these sports betting articles, too. Even from a DFS perspective, you know, our sports bettors have been hot. And if they're saying that this game is going to be under or they really like this game, you know, from a, a, a win percentage, there's a reason why they like it because probably they don't like the other pitcher or they think that this offense is going to blow up or in a good spot. So take that into account. Don't just look at Vegas. Look at Vegas and look at look at a pro who who's gauging their money and, and bets on these games as well. So, you know, check out all the tools. Check out the projection models. Uh, they get updated throughout the day when these items come out. So there's a lot of tools. Upgrade your accounts to premium so we can talk to you in Slack because, you know, doing this, this breakdown, you know, early in the morning, Tuesday morning, about 1 o'clock in the morning here, um, we don't have as much information as we will at 5 p.m. on Tuesday afternoon, two hours before a lineup block. So if you're in our Slack channel, you're going to get better information at 5 o'clock than you will on this podcast. So more of the reason to sign up for premium. It's $5.99 to try it out for a week, $19.99 to try it out for a month. It's a no-brainer. I think everybody who's been in our Slack channel has already made you know, a year's worth in Monkey Knife Flight plays alone to cover the cost of the subscription. So... You know, stay tuned. we got a lot more tools breaking out. There's going to be a NASCAR article, a golf article this week as well. So um, we hope you guys did well on Monday night, and we're with you. We got your back on Tuesday as well. Stay with us. Let's make some money.